Special thanks to Mark, Kyle, and John for their recent donations to Movie Geeks United. Their generosity empowers us to continue producing the contents you enjoy, and it also gives them exclusive access to new Kubrick series episodes and uncut interviews beginning in the fall. That's when our entire library, featuring hundreds of hours of Kubrick-related content, gets set to private, and will only be accessible to paid subscribers. For a donation of just $10, you can support the Movie Geeks and have your own private access to this treasure trove of Kubrick materials, including Episode 6 of the Kubrick series. Simply visit our website at moviegeeksunited.net and click on the Donate button at the top of the page for more information. MGU Special Events Correspondent Rich Gedney recently attended the 50th Anniversary Gala of Kartimquin Films, the revolutionary production house behind some of the most influential documentaries in classic and modern cinema. Among their roster of achievements is the groundbreaking Hoop Dreams, the critically acclaimed 1994 work from director Steve James that follows the lives of two African-American high school students in Chicago and their dream of becoming professional basketball players. Rich caught up with the subjects of Hoop Dreams, William Gates and Arthur Agee, to discuss the arduous five-year production of the film and how that experience has shaped them over the past 22 years. It begins with a game, with a basket and a ball. It becomes a journey of heartbreak and hope from city streets to the brink of fame. The amazing story of two boys and two families struggling against the odds. My mother, God bless her, she's always sending me to America. You can make something of your life. Against the system. You have to realize you can make their team win. To make a dream come true. All I ever dreamed about was playing in the NBA. I'm Arthur Agee, and I was in the documentary movie, 1994, Hoop Dreams. Three guys showed up in my area on the west side of Chicago, and they wanted to do a PBS special about how the basketballers played in the inner city. And I was one of the subjects that they chose, and when it first started out, I thought the movie was just going to be about basketball, about different courts in the area of, on the west side of Chicago. Several years later, it blossomed into something else that my mind couldn't even fathom. Uh, it was seen all over the world. It was one of the number one documentary, sports documentaries that's, that was ever made. 
and I just want to say that I'm really humble and blessed to be a part of this film and to be part of the Cartepper family. My life before, I was just a regular kid. Uh, growing up on the west side of Chicago at 14 years old. Uh, never, you know, I, I always wanted to go to college and play basketball. I wanted to follow the route that Isaiah Thomas went through. And before that, everything was just going normal as, as like any other kid. But when Hoop Dreams came out in 1994, it changed my life tremendously. Uh, everyone knew who I was from my high school, from college, uh, from across overseas. Australia, Argentina, uh, Croatia, China, Japan. Uh, this movie just blossomed me into things that I wanted to succeed in life, as far as directing, producing, acting. And because of this film, I majored in radio and television at Arkansas State University in Jonesboro. So from before to after, it, it, it was no comparisons. Before I was just a regular kid, after the film, I'm a famous movie star. I say it was probably the second week of shooting at my house with Peter Gilbert, Fred Marks, and Steve James. And they told me that they were gonna tell my story the way that I told it to them, the way that they shot it. And that was proof enough for me that I was gonna trust those guys with everything that I had, and they were gonna trust me with everything they had. And over the years, it just became those part of my family. My, my uncle, I call him my Uncle Fred, Uncle Peter, and Uncle Steve. So it's building trust with your subjects, and that's what they did with me and my family. My favorite memory from the film is when me and my dad was able to hug after we beat King High School, and we took them down. We took the number one team in the, in the city down, and my dad was there to share it with me. That was my one. That was my number one favorite favorite part. Hey man. Hey man. You just saw what he just did. Y'all just saw this, right? Y'all just saw Will. That's Will Gates. That's Will Gates right there. He was dunking at 14. Yeah, I wanted to do back that. At Burger King, <laughs> Whopper, he's coming from here in 1987. Mr. G. I want that Whopper <laughs> burger back. I think it cost me $4. Hey. It was a two for two special. Hey. He had $50 for the whole weekend. I went over to his house, hung out with him. We spent all his, well, I ate, I ate all his he money ate all up. all the money. I ate all his money up. And then I left and took the bus back to the west side. And I ain't seen him since. He ain't seen me since. Today, the first time I've seen him, man, in 40 years. <laughs> hey. Who Dreams celebrating 30 years, y'all? 30. I know it's been 21 since it's been in the movie, but it's been 30 for us. 35. 30 years. That's real talk. Yeah. Still keeping the dream alive, working the dream. Listen, CYD, control your destiny. And passing the dream on. What's your favorite moment from Who Dreams? What's your favorite? Actually, my favorite moment was. Um, Man, come on now. There's so many. I think it was on the court. I don't, I don't, I don't know. The up, the oopsie do around Proviso East when they thought he was like, but oh, he's just a regular freshman. I don't no, know he's a the, true freshman. I don't know if that was the favorite moment. I think the favorite moment was, man, 
when, when, that, when we, the first time I put on that college uniform, <laughs> that, was, that was it, boy. They, man, Mark you know, Chet. They give you your jersey, your name on the back. You got your number. What? Man, it, you, you go to your locker, you got your name on the locker. <laughs> man, you, you, you're looking at your gear, your gym shoes, everything. You got your name on it. Life before a hoop dream. It was basketball, 24 hours a day. We hit the playground. See, we did. We went to the playground to play and got yeah. better. We went in the gym, going through cones. No AAU. We had no dribbling two balls. We didn't do none of that. You want to get better? <laughs> you got beat up by older guys. That's how you got better. But now, yes. The difference now, we in the gym. You working out the younger guys, getting them ready. But in terms of our lives. It's different now because obviously we older, we see things differently. And um, what both of us come to understand and respect is our opinions matter. I think documentaries have now come full scope in terms of what Hoop Dreams was able to do from a perspective of following guys for an extended period of time. That wasn't was something that was done. Typically, it was an interview here, it was an interview there. And so the outcome you kind of dictated. With Hoop Dreams, nobody knew where the outcome was going. And I mean, when you look at the movie Come itself, predicted. at one point it looked like, here's my career going you know, out the window, and everybody's looking at Arthur saying, oh man, you know, it ain't working out. Then all of a sudden, now Arthur's career going up that way, and it's looking like, man, what happened to Will? What's going on? So That's real life. That's 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 the new, to me, the new page of documentary where it is where it's grown from really not being able to, where you were able to predict what was going to be the outcome to yes. now, the interest of the subjects is far more compelling to predict that you want to you want to be there and be a part of it. And you can't script this. Like, like what he did was real life. Starting as a freshman at St. Joe's, only one to do it after Isaiah Thomas, only one. But anyway, predictability, you can't predict it. You only gotta have the cameras. Flip it on, and whatever you get is what you get. No scripts. But I think it also no it is it is made in terms of a filmmakers, where they at one point they didn't really want to get necessarily involved with the subjects. But when you're filming over extended periods of time, you gotta get familiar with the subjects. You yep. gotta get comfortable with them. Initially, you recognize the camera. Yeah. But then as it got on, we kind of we knew it was always it was there, there. But because it was our lives and we were just living, you couldn't control that moment. Right. So, for example, uh, like the, you see when the lights go off, that was nothing they can do to control that moment. Yep. Steve just happened to capture it that day. Yep. Um, you know, with the knee injury, you can't control that moment. When I had my daughter in high school, you can't control that moment. Those were just there. So, you, you, it wasn't that you forgot about the camera. I think for both of us, we just didn't care anymore. We didn't care like, anymore. So, it had know, been around for so long, like, we're still going to live our lives no matter what. But it's also us being familiar with the filmmakers, and that's what I was saying earlier. Um, we got so comfortable with them that it really went from almost like shooting home video that it was doing a documentary. Your trust? How did you trust these men? You know what? It was <laughs> interesting. They were already filming Arthur. I was already going to St. Joe's. So when Arthur came out in the beginning of the film and he was there and he was playing against Isaiah, well, I was at the camp already. They just couldn't feel me because I hadn't had a conversation with him. Right. So once we had a conversation that day, uh, they told me about what they wanted to do. 
and literally the next day, Steve James, Peter Gilbert, and Fred Lamont showed up at my house. And the only thing I said was, hey, I just got to ask my mama first. That was, that was, that <laughs> mama, was it. Mama trumps everything. That was it. How we used to celebrate? Oh, man. See, we have all that stuff like LeBron there where they got 15,000 handshakes yeah. and, you know, everybody dabbing. You yeah. know, we, we, we was too busy. Like, the coaches we played for, yeah. if you celebrated, you were sitting yeah, next to them. You were sitting next to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that, is that means you hot dog, and that That's means right. you trash talking. Coach Bieber wasn't going for it. Coach Bean wasn't going for it. That, you ain't hot trying to celebrate. None of that. Hey, this is that this is my hoop dream brothers for life. No matter how old we get, no matter if we don't talk every day or whatever, this is my hoop dream brother for life. I'm connected to him. Always. I think for me what, what the movie has done and the, the greater impact is though Arthur and I, there can be times I may not speak to Arthur five or six months, but when we do talk, we pick up right where we left off. So I think that's just the bond that, that's tied us, that's connected us, that we know at the end of the day what this represents yep. has always been bigger than both of us. But what it also represents is that at the end of the day, he'll always understand me and I'll always understand him. And, and to me, that's greater than anything. When you got somebody who ain't never going to judge you, who ain't never got nothing but something good to say Same to man. you, but at the same time, I give you the honest truth, it's hard to find that in life, and yep. we got it with each other. Shout out to Gordon Quinn yep. for believing in the vision, uh, for believing in themselves, for not giving up, because documentaries are not easy to do. Yep. I mean, a lot of times people look at the success of Hoop Dreams and, and even the things that Michael Moore has done. But Gordon, man, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, man, for keeping your dream alive. That really inspired us to, for folks to see our dream come alive, man. Happy 50 to you. Happy 50 to you, man. Love you.